Hello and welcome to the Academic Diamond Podcast episode number six. Hello. Last time, if you remember, we talked about distractions and how some of them are within your control, but others aren't. Well-being is something else that you have some control over, but once again, you need to try and plan to ensure you enjoy your time when studying, because the better your well-being, the less likely it is to have an adverse effect on your studies. If you think about this, this is what nursery schools do. Following the principles of Maria Montessori, she said that children learnt through play and that the happier they were, the more they learnt. So why doesn't this apply to adult learning? It probably does. However, many people confuse well-being with mental health issues. And Tim will explain why they're not exactly the same thing. Ooh, such a professional introduction. Thank you, Sean. Uh, yeah, so uh, first off, I want to highlight the fact that we're talking about Maria Montessori again, but neither of us actually went to a Montessori school. No. No. No, no. We, 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 <laughs> you just went to school and played, and I just went to school and studied. So it's... I, I did go to school and play, and I had a really good time. Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, let's just talk about what well-being is, because it's really difficult to... Make sure that we don't confuse well-being with mental health issues. And even though they are very much related in a way, they're linked, they're not the same thing. And I think that's something that we really need to be clear on before we start this episode. So well-being is just about things that you can do to feel better, to be happier in yourself and to, you know, and be more productive, if you like. All these different things that you can do that we will talk about this episode. Mental health is something that you don't necessarily have that sort of influence on. Mental health is about having issues with your mental health or having a very happy mental health. You know, mental health can be good, it can be bad, just like physical health. But if you are running into mental health issues, it is really, really important that you don't try and fix them uh, yourself by looking after your well-being. It's more important that you actually reach out to a professional, to your GP, to the university, to discuss mental health issues with them. So with that out of the way, because I think that is really important, let's talk about well-being. So well-being, there's all sorts of different angles that we can discuss here. What do you think is really important? What, what's one of those that you think is really important? Well, I think you need to define your terms. Yes. And you've told us what it's not. Yeah. So then I think you need to go on to say that well-being is about creative a positive environment for you to live and work in. Yeah. So that's the sort of thing you're trying to do. You're trying to create your own positivity, your own positive environment. Yes. If you've got some form of mental illness, that's going to be nigh on impossible. So that's where you do need to bite the bullet and reach out. Absolutely. However, if you're perfectly fit, but not quite as well, or well, but not quite as fit as you think you might be, both mentally and physically. There are things that you can do. So you can think about your work-life balance. And for work, well, for most students, work includes, actually revolves around their studies. Though some people have part-time jobs and then they end up with far too much work and not enough life. Mm. However. I uh, think that's already a really important point. I think there's a lot of students that have other commitments, yeah. You know, in terms of employment, whether they work through the students' union or with the uh, oh, a heron distraction is what we talk about. Yeah, I know, and I've yeah. ju you've, you've just seen um, a heron and I've just seen a harrier, so there we go. Oh, excellent, that's mm -hmm. all good. Um, oh, there he is again. Yeah, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, anyway, 
Um, just to, to paint a picture, we are looking out of our uh, studio window, which looks out over the Angus countryside, which is literally full of birds. I don't know how many birds there are here, but it's a lot and it's very enjoyable, isn't it? Yeah, but that's the thing, that it makes our environment very positive. Yeah. And although it is distracting from time to time, it does create a sense of well-being. Absolutely. Being able to watch the wildlife and look and go, oh, what's that? Which yeah. is also why we moved. But yeah. going back to work-life balance. So a lot of students, they study. A lot of them actually have got a job of some sort, whatever that may be. And then um, on top of that, they've also got also the social commitments, things like that. And we're talking about well-being in relation to studying. So it is really important that you strike the balance and that you get it right, that you don't overcommit to one of those, I would say, three core elements of being a student, one studying, two working, three enjoying life. Um, so when it comes to work-life balance, you can actually think about how you fill in your calendar, if you like, your diary, and make sure that you get the right sort of balance in that. There's no point, for example, in my opinion, going to university all day, working at university all day, studying, going to lectures, going to workshops, and then actually knowing that you have to go and work all night in a bar, for example, that could be really detrimental to your mental health and to your well-being. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I've come across students who've had exactly that sort of issue. Yeah. Um, and it's not ex it's not always working in the bar. There's all sorts of evening and weekends. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So it is important to pace yourself, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's something that I don't know if people always get that, the students get that in particular, is that it's all right to be doing nothing for a bit. So some of the students that I've worked with, I know, have a really bad work-life balance. They know they have it because on top of working and studying, they also look after children, for example. Um, and they know that they're working too hard. And then they still beat themselves up for taking a Sunday off and actually enjoying the Sunday, you know, doing things that are considered less year activities. Well, you shouldn't. You know, that's actually a negative attitude to not enjoy that time off. Yeah, but it is, as I said, it's about pacing yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and sometimes you don't have, if you, particularly if you've got children, you don't have that time to yourself. Yeah. So then you need to take that time for yourself yeah. when it becomes available. Um, yeah. As you say, it's not a case of beating yourself up. But on the other hand, you can go too far the other way and find an excuse for doing nothing all the time and then... Mm. Um, Irritate those around you. Um, we're not talking personally here. Um, so, yeah, you, you, it, it is a matter of balance. And you Absolutely. do often, particularly within studies where you have to hand in assignments, you just have to get the work done. Yeah. But don't store it up until the deadline mm -hmm. and then work yourself into the ground because that's yeah. actually not good for your well-being. It's not. And we're going to talk about deadlines things later on anyway. But, yeah, I think that's really important. I think another thing that is really important about all this is that if you are joining a new university, you're starting a new course, you're actually opening up yourself to a new community as well. And it is really important that you understand that, that you are actually experiencing something new and that you're not alone in experiencing something new. Most students that you will start a course with, for most of them, it is a new experience as well, being in that university, studying that course. So what are some of the things that you can do to make that 
go smoother and be happier in yourself when you do that, when you undertake that big stressful event? Well, I think one of the things that has been noticeable at the moment because of the pandemic is that people haven't actually been able to meet up mm. with other people and make new friends. Yeah. Making new friends is often quite stressful. Yeah. But it is something that comes with a lot of added value. Yeah. So again, it's 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 balance. Yeah. And most universities will have a freshers week, even if they are an online freshers week. Yeah. <laughs> How the students' union organise that is well, they've got lots of imagination and they've got lots of talents, and they want you to join in. Yeah. Um, and there'll be lots of societies. Choose the ones that you're interested in or the ones you really want to be interested in. Don't commit yourself to every single one of them because you'll, you'll, you, you'll just, yeah, you, you'll just overload yourself. Yeah, it can, be, it can be so exciting, you know, joining the climbing club and the uh, chess club and the computer programming club and the tabletop gaming club and the EDM club and whatever else club there is or society there is. But actually you do need to limit yourself because you won't be able to commit to all of them. And what I like about unions is that there's this sort of try before you buy mentality as well. Mm -hmm. And like you mentioned in the Freshers Week, you can actually go and talk to people who are already in that society. You can see whether you click, whether you have the same uh, approach to things. And that is really important. Um, and I also think it is really important. When I started my master's in Sheffield, um, I basically became involved with... Um, what did we call it again? The Library and Information Professional Social Society, LIPS. And to this day, as you well know, Son, we are still great friends. The people that actually work together on that program committee, that organize social events for everybody doing uh, a degree at the high school, that was really valuable. And to this day, we are still in touch. We still talk to each other. We built up a network. And that network is still useful to today as well. So spending time doing nice things with people that are also new at university that you are meeting for the first time is actually a great way of making friends for life. And I know that sounds a bit hyperbolical maybe, but it's true. You know, I'm still in touch with friends that I met in my first degree. I'm still in touch with friends that I met during my master's. And I'm still in touch with friends that I met during my PhD. And they're really valuable friendships. Yeah, you've all been through the same um, experiences together. I was about yeah. to say trauma. However... I <laughs> <laughs> was only with the PhD. It was all, it was all right for the Masters. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah and, and often the course you choose to go on will have its own society. Yours had LIPS. Mm -hmm. The dental students had Sheffield University Dental Student Society, SUDS. Yeah. And they actually uh, invited you to be part of a family so that there were you, you could actually deliberately meet up with students yeah. in higher years because often um, there's a hierarchical structure between oh you're only a first year and I'm a third year I'm going to qualify mm -hmm. soon so yeah. you've got all these different dynamics going on yeah um, and some of the core societies actually try very hard to work around that and and give everybody a helping hand yeah it's important, I think, to notice as well that unions, because we are primarily talking about UK higher education, mm -hmm. and unions are a very uh, British thing, in my mm -hmm. opinion. So uh, if you're not familiar with it, if you're a foreign student looking to study in the UK, what a student's union or a union of students, whatever you want to call it, does for a university is be a representative body for students at that university. So it's almost like a labour union in a sense that that union will also stand up for your rights. 
They will defend you in academic conflicts, for example. So a union in itself has loads of value already. And if you study at the university, you usually automatically become a member of that union anyway. But they also offer that social side. So a union is more than just, you know, going and having fun. We've talked about it before. When I was oh, it's studying, a place, cheap place to get your lunch. It's, yeah, it has exactly. lots of advantages. Yeah, yeah. and when I was studying, um, you know, we both studied in a different time uh, mm. and different approaches. And, yeah, things change. But unions definitely... I didn't want to go where I was going there, so I've cut it off. Uh, but unions <laughs> definitely add a lot of value to your experience at university in the UK. So definitely make sure that you hook up with them and get to know what they can do for you. Then another aspect that I think is really important is that for a lot of students who come out of high school or secondary school and then go to university, it's a huge change, isn't it, to go from living with your parents, being in that sort of protected environment of a school, of your parents' house, and then all of a sudden finding yourself in a different city. I'm thinking, for example, about one of your cousins, is she a cousin or a niece? I always get this wrong. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's moved to Leeds recently. Well, not recently, but a few years ago now. Yeah, but I th the thing is that um, all st it happens to all students who move away from home. Mm -hmm. Not everybody does. No. Um, and there are different uh, advantages and disadvantages of both staying at home and moving away but an awful lot of students do and then they want to throw themselves into the student lifestyle which is fantastic mm -hmm. and they forget that while they were at home mum did the washing nope sorry you are you are responsible for making sure that you've got that clean top to go out with on friday night mm -hmm. um and you've also got to work around you know who does the cooking mm. there are an awful lot of uh, online ad advice on how to actually get to the end of the month and still stay within budget and eat. You um, are you sure you shouldn't just eat pot noodles every day? Yeah, I'm sure you shouldn't just eat oh, pot right. noodles yeah. every day. Okay. Um, and I'm also sure that you shouldn't spend uh, blow the whole budget in the first week and then have to live on pasta with no sauce, no nothing, because you didn't, couldn't it, afford anything else. I thought it was else. a very creative way around the big problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it is a new independence. So with the next year, I'm pleased you brought that up because I moved out as an 18-year-old, um, very immature 18-year-old, I'll happily admit, and I moved into private accommodation, I had my little student room, I was happy as chips, and I didn't have a clue how to budget. You know, I blew my, I, I had a uh, stipend, what's it called, student loan from the uh, government, and I didn't know how to budget it and you know it was really exciting because on Friday night or actually Thursday night was student night in the city where I studied in Groningen I would go out and you know when you're slightly inhibited with um, um, uninhibited <laughs> yeah un uninhibition you know when you've had a few drinks and stuff it's really easy to walk to the cash machine and get more cash and spend it and that's actually a major thing that you need to learn as well you know dealing with money as a student is something that's really important. Um, so, again, you can actually talk to the union for advice about these things. And certainly if you get into trouble, that's one of the mm, first places you want to go absolutely, to. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, you know, this new experience, this new having to look after yourself, Sandra mentioned the washing quite rightly. Did you know that if you put all the things in the washing machine and just 
randomly select a program, all the things get ruined because I didn't know that until I did it. Um, <laughs> and pink became your favorite color, didn't it? Had it? To. it had to, yeah, I didn't have a choice. Um, but yeah, so these things are actually, you need to prepare for that somehow. And I was quite lucky in the sense that I did cook a lot when I was still at my parents' house. So I, you know, I'm not a brilliant cook. And most of the time, with, as Sandra will happily say, it's hit and miss, it either works or it doesn't work with me. But I could cook. So it wasn't like I was a complete stranger in the kitchen. I didn't know what I was doing. It wasn't like you needed to eat McDonald's. All the other takeaways are available yeah. every night. <laughs> McDonald's, if you want to sponsor us, uh, we don't want you to sponsor us. Right. Um, so that's something that is really important. But that also has an effect on your well-being. And you need to be aware of that. So that new environment... It's stressful, it's different, it's high octane, I would say, because all of these new experiences coming your way, be prepared for that, you know, understand that there is that transition period to you finding your own feet and getting used to it. And even if you're an older student, you know, if you've been working in a, in a normal uh, corporate environment and all of a sudden you're back into the student life, that's a change as well. And you need to acknowledge that it's a different way of working and a different environment, so keep that in mind. Right, well, it's not all work. No. Uh, well, I mentioned suds before, and one of the things that um, Sheffield's Dental Student Society is really good at is organising sports. Yeah. Um, it's almost as though if you studied dentistry at Sheffield, you actually had to be good at sports. I felt sorry for the people who weren't <laughs> because uh, they kept winning the interdental inter schools, um, sports trophies. I never heard of um, these things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they had their own team within the university because the university had a league of things like netball teams, five-a-side football teams, that sort of thing. You need some sort of activity. Your brain will be working overtime while you're studying. You need to balance that with physical fitness. Mm -hmm. You yeah. can't sit in front of a computer and play games all the time as a source of leisure. Well, if you're thinking, you need to actually do, get uh, up and move. Let's be Go realistic on. here. Let's be, you know, some people like exercise, other people don't. I don't think that we need to go over the top with saying, oh, everybody should go and do exercise. And actually playing games on the computer is absolutely fine. I know there's still this stigma about it, but it's, it's all a load of nonsense and it can be really relaxing and entertaining. But when it comes to your physical health, that does have an impact on your well-being. That's where we're going with this. And I think it is really important to acknowledge that. If you get to a point where you know you feel like you can't go for a walk into the city to go to a bar and join your friends there or to go and see a movie or something like that. If you feel that that sort of exercise is becoming too much, then you really do need to start working on your physical health because part of studying is meeting up with people and doing these activities. Yeah, but actually, really to be important. honest, you really don't want to get to that point. No, you don't. Um, you want to... I'm not saying everybody needs to join the gym. No. But if joining the gym is your thing, join the gym. Yeah. If you want to play netball, football, go and swimming, it's, it's whatever. It's universities. Yeah, as the well. un most universities have fantastic sports facilities, yeah. and yeah. some universities are much much better at this than others. Find something you like. Yeah. And there'll be lots of stuff and on you, offer. There's all sorts of different things as well. So yeah. I remember that uh, I think Sheffield did as well, but Derby, for example, has a um, an American football team. You know, and it's actually really difficult to find American football in uh, the UK. 
And it might well be that the university competition is the only sensible American football competition in the country. So if you are into American football, why not try and join them? If you're into basketball, which I am, universities are great because um, the basketball level, if you like, the, the quality of basketball that's being played at universities is really good. You know, I think it's actually... I wouldn't say it's on par with the professional league here in the UK because it's not, it's slightly different. But if you look at Loughborough University, where I used to study, they actually have what you could consider a professional team at a very high level in this country. So joining sports at university can be really um, exhilarating and can be a lot of fun. And it helps you as well with your well-being because that exercise will keep you going. It'll keep you ticking over and it'll give you an exhaust as well. If you're always hunched over your books, you need to be able to go out and do something completely different. And actually, that's where these exercise activities really come into their own. You know, in Sheffield, climbing was a massive thing. And it's, it's such a brilliant city for it because you're in the Peak District, so you know, 20 minutes on the bus and you're in the middle of nature climbing. It's a brilliant thing to do. And you've got these opportunities, these activities. Use them, explore them. They make your student life better. Not only that, a lot of them are activities where you will be meeting people with yeah. the same interest you've got. And again, it's that social activity, that social interaction, which helps your well-being and helps your Absolutely. positivity. Yeah, in the end, we're all social animals, aren't we? Even the most asocial animals are social <laughs> animals. <coughs> yes. Anyway, so we've talked about all these different things. Planning is key to this. You're much more of a planner than I am. Say something about planning. Well, it isn't just that. It's a case of understanding time and how to balance things out. Um, and it's, it's a bit like money. You can't spend money twice. And it's a bit like that with time. You can't spend the time twice once doing something you want and once doing something you have to do. Mm. So then you have to find a balance to make sure that you get the things done that you have to do. Yeah. At the same time, you leave some spare time over so that you can manage to... Um, I'm, there's a hiss from somewhere. Yeah, it's the fan on... Thanks for pointing it out. The microphone won't pick it up, and now you've pointed it out. <laughs> now we need to talk about it. Yes, the fan on the laptop is indeed coming on. That's fine, it's normal, it's supposed to happen. <laughs> <laughs> We're back to distractions. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I already closed the window because of the nest of house martins. It drives me nuts. Um, so as we are being distracted, there's house martins literally in a nest right above the window, like, you know, in the roof. Yeah, like six inches apex. above the window. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so when I sit here at night and have the window open, all I hear is the warbling of house martins, which is lovely. You know, they make this beep, 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 beep noise. Yeah, and then the but, novelty wears off. Yeah. So, but then the, that's, again, about um, balance and, and, and time. Yeah. You know that's going to happen. Yeah. And you know that, so you've either got to close the window or you've got to move yourself somewhere else. Yeah. And you know that is going to happen and you can plan right yeah. it. And we talked about study spaces a few yeah. episodes ago. You know, making sure that you're in the right environment study is really important. And that's part of planning as well. It's not just about time, it's also about place and making sure that you're in the right place at the right time. Planning. It's just really important. And if you get a hold of your planning and you structure things a bit more 
it's probably going to have a beneficial uh, impact on your well-being as well because you can actually structure your day better and you're more in control of affairs if you like so planning is really important practice it <laughs> yeah and there's lots of digital aids these days there's yeah. things like trello um all on your mobile phone, phone. Yeah. You can make appointments for things, though yeah. please don't tell your tutor that you can't turn up because you lost your mobile phone and your calendar was on there because they're not going to be very impressed. No. However, talking about tutors brings me to the fact that universities are also do an awful lot that students mm. don't realise when it comes to ensuring student well-being. Yeah, and this is really interesting, isn't it? We were talking about uh, the preparation for this uh, episode. And one of the things that I think a lot of students don't realize is that the design of a program, which you've been involved yeah. with in the past, the design of a program is actually um, really subject to understanding the well-being of the students. Can you talk a bit more about that? Well, yeah. When you're looking at curriculum design, and certainly when you're an external examiner and you're looking at what's happening within a course, you're looking at whether the students are overloaded in certain places. Mm -hmm. So it could well be that um, the amount of assessment in total is fine, but it all wants handling in the same week. That simply doesn't work. What you need to, and yes, there are exam timetables, and yes, there is an exam period, but everybody knows that, so you can plan around it. Um, but there are also things like making sure that the study load is reasonable throughout the course. And if the university has gone to the trouble of making sure that you get your information in a reasonably timely fashion, then you don't need to just store it up and listen to the Panopto Echo 360 or whatever lectures all the week before the exams, because that simply doesn't work. It doesn't give you a chance to assimilate the information. So you need, again, to plan. And the university's gone to the trouble, the people designing the courses have gone to the trouble of actually dosing the information so that you can, in a way that you can absorb it. Yeah. So I, my advice is actually respect that, mm -hmm. because otherwise what you'll find is that you're in a situation where you're trying to cram everything in and you're bound to have missed something. Yeah. It's about keeping up with the design of the of the module. So yeah. um, a lot of time, for example, I worked very closely with the academics over in uh, Chesterfield where it was based. And I know that they actually consciously planned the first few months of the degree to be a bit slower, to give people time to acclimatize, to get to understand what was expected of them. And then they would ramp up the intensity of the program later on. And that may, that's been designed on purpose to make sure yes. the students can cope with what's going on and can understand what's going on. Don't be silly. I wanted to use a, a more powerful term, but I realized that we're for all audiences, so I couldn't. Um, but don't be silly and postpone stuff. That's the worst thing you can do. When someone says, I would like you to read this for next week, a lecturer says that, read it, just stay on top of things and don't overwhelm yourself come exam time. Like Sandra said, the program has been designed for a reason, for a purpose. And when it comes to the exam, you will have to rely as a student at least a little bit on that program being designed to help you get through it as well. And you just have to accept that that's part of being a student. 
Yeah, and uh, the fact of the matter is that a lot of the staff don't explain to the students that this is what they're doing. Mm. So if you're not careful and you start, we'll go, would you know what, we're going to start off gently and then yeah. ease you in and then it'll get better. Yeah. People will think, well, yeah, the easy start, oh, I can cope with this, it's dead mm. easy and lull you into a false sense of security. So you need yeah. to think about the fact that somebody's already thought about what you can and can't manage yeah. and, and put that into their design. Yeah. But the other thing that universities do, and we talked about this when it came to study spaces, is that mm -hmm. they try and provide you with a nice and, and suitable environment to work in. Yeah, so uh, this is my back, I would say, being a librarian this is something that we always pay attention to. Um, and without going over too much familiar ground, there's several things that I think... If I highlight them, you as a student will probably go, oh, I didn't realize that they went that far in thinking about these things. So, for example, one of the things that we looked into was uh, something called bibliotherapy, which is having resources available for students to either distract them from having any issues that they have or, you know, that give them a, a foundation to get on with uh, things. So... I, I know I'm not explaining that right, but we talked about, for example, students uh, having a new experience when they come to university. You might not be able to cook when you come to university. Your library understands this and actually buys easy-to-understand cookbooks for you to learn how to cook, and that's what we call bibliotherapy. So we make sure that we have a collection of books available that help you to cope with what is going on. So it's, cooking is very nice sort of holistic example but it's also about planning about um, understanding the impact of uh, living on yourself on finances but it isn't just that things. it isn't just that you were talking to a colleague who's just been to a conference at a very classic um, university mm. and went into this fantastic fantastic old lecture theatre, architectural design, uh, listed building, this, that and the next thing. And then he discovered that it was far too hot. <laughs> yeah. So that's... And, 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 and this is what happens. And, and as things change, the university builds newer buildings, incorporates air conditioning. Now there's going to be an awful lot of air change because of the pandemic yeah. uh, you, you you'll find there's quite a lot of building work going on yeah. um but it is it's everything from your physical surroundings mm -hmm. to what you can think about and how to meet your needs yeah. what basically what you're saying is i went on too much about library stuff didn't i <laughs> <laughs> no about cooking because you don't need a book i've got loads of them i collect them i love them but you can just do it online. Right, okay. next. So, good, thank you. Uh, I'll, I'll be quiet about that. But then the other thing that is really important to highlight is that every university, they employ great people in what is generally known as the support services. These are the non-academic departments at your university that exist to help you at your study. So we could talk about uh, registry services. These are the people that make sure your grades get put into the computer, that all the paperwork is processed, that the program uh, actually follows the guidelines that have been set out. We could talk about the library, which is obviously where you go and get your study materials, but also where quite frequently you will find the study support unit, the skills unit, the academic training unit, whatever you want to call it. 
Um, then you've got uh, the career service that will help you to find a career after your university degree and it will help you prepare for being in that environment. And then I think one of them that is really important that students don't necessarily understand enough is the well-being service, which exists to look after your well-being. And I was very lucky and fortunate at Derby working very closely with a great well-being team there that were really committed to making sure that students could get through their degree regardless of the circumstances. So they would offer services ranging from yoga, you just yoga to go and relax and unwind, exam counseling. So if you felt like you were uh, struggling with anxiety going into an exam, they would offer counseling for that, but also mental health support services. So if you actually had a underlying mental health condition, you could go and talk to the well-being team and get things sorted. They also had a GP on site, again, something most universities have, GP services on site, so that if you need a GP, they are there for you as a student. Really, really important. And then there's one that I love that, again, I think is really underrated simply because of... Um, I think there's a bit of a stigma around it, but the chaplaincy services at universities are absolutely incredible. Basically, what a chaplain is, is someone who represents a faith. So in Derby, we had everything from Russian Orthodox to, uh, to Islam, to all types of Christian, to Buddhists. You name it, we had a chaplain for each faith there, uh, Judaism. And they Hinduism, would, we can go on forever. Yeah, we yeah, can. We're yeah. <laughs> and they would work together to create a positive atmosphere for everybody to study in. And you will notice that there is nothing religious about that. It's just creating the atmosphere for people to study in. So uh, Adam, I know he listens to this podcast every now and then, was absolutely brilliant and used to, uh, before exam time, hand out bottles of water and the banana to students going into exam halls because he knew that a lot of students would forget their water, would worry about it, they would forget to actually bring sustenance of not eating breakfast, whatever it was. And he just decided that it was a good idea to do that. And chaplaincy, I think, is one of those hidden gems in a university that is so valuable. And if you get a chance to interact with them, whether you're religious or not, it frankly, genuinely does not matter one iota go and interact with them because they are absolutely brilliant. They're all very kind, generous people. Yeah, and that, that, that's absolutely. all you can say about them. Yeah. But actually one of your initial points of contact may well be your personal academic tutor. Absolutely, yeah. And the thing is that universities organise a situation where somebody in the department has a personal link with you. Yeah, but it's... It's important to note that, and I think this is changing all the time, but at, for example, Derby, it's about your academic tuition. Well, it isn't, it isn't, you see. See, this is where it gets really Yeah, you see, personal tutors, yeah. from my point of view, weren't about making sure you could pass the exam. Mm -hmm. They were about making sure you were okay. So this is where that debate kicks in because yeah. at Derby that's what we used to have and then they changed it and I think there was a good reason to change it um, where it was more about the academic guidance and talking about the planning side of things and getting things to understand things and all that. Um, 
and they moved away from offering that direct well-being support because actually... Well, no, it, it wasn't a matter of providing well-being support. It was a matter of checking the well-being and if the well-being wasn't good, signposting. Yeah, absolutely. And that still happens. Yeah. yeah. And well, it, that, that's, you know, it's a case of having a familiar face. We were talking yeah. about community. Yeah. It is a distinct case of having a familiar face. Yes. And one of the things is that... Um, Sometimes students go, oh, well, I don't need that. I'm going to be absolutely fine. And you may well be. But you don't know. No. But there is and a... just having a familiar face, somebody who knows you, can make a big difference. Yes, and but... sometimes it's actually the registry staff who collect the work off you, absolutely. who know that suddenly you're not handing it in on time when you used yeah. to. What's the matter? So it is a matter of having a system. Yeah. that does allow some form of connection so that there's somebody with a personal interest who actually notices. Yes. But, and this is why I bring this up on uh, on purpose, because I didn't bring it up just out of uh, being difficult, like I sometimes am, I think it is important that students realise, because this is where there is always an issue with students, unfortunately, because your main contact is your academics, a lot of students feel that they should be going to the academics with their issues when it comes to well-being and all these different things. And unfortunately, that's not true. There's a whole support service that you can go to as a student independent of your academic. And I have worked in environments where students felt they couldn't go for ask for help because they didn't realize that they didn't have to go to the academic, that they were having a problem with to ask for help, right? So it's a really complex, difficult situation. I think what you're saying is really important. There is that support available in universities. Don't worry too much about the cap that people are wearing. It could be someone in registry, it could be an academic, it could be someone in the support services. But if the chips really are down, know and understand that you can always go to the support services that are there for you. So the well-being service or the chaplaincy or whatever it may be. That's why I was being difficult about that point. Yeah, but the, the whole point is that you don't need, most students don't need extra help. But somebody needs to be there in case something happens. Mm -hmm. And the whole point is that if you've got asked to contact your personal tutor once a semester, mm -hmm. I would recommend that you do it. Even if you go in and say, oh, hello, that's absolutely. fine, I'm fine, bye. Yeah. At that point, actually, absolutely. your academic tutor is going to be really pleased because they've got a lot of, of other things on their time. Yeah, absolutely. And that's uh, absolutely true. You know, personal academic tutors exist for a, a purpose and that's part of the purpose. Um, and it is important to have that. And confidence. if you're having problems and issues, there will usually be somebody who can bypass that service i've inherited yeah. personal tutees from somebody else because they couldn't get on with somebody else and i'm mm -hmm. pretty sure that some of my personal tutees wouldn't have got on with me and went to somebody else yeah yeah <sighs> anyway we could talk about that forever because it hangs together with all sorts of different things and we're not going to because i think we've sort of reached the end of this particular episode so do you want to summarize it well somebody's going to have to aren't they and um, the university's do think a lot about student well-being. They have a lot of services available to students who need them. Don't be shy in using them. Actually make sure that you're part of the community that is the university, yeah. whether that be the student community or whether that be the academic community. And make sure 
that you've got the resources that you need because it's going to be a first time for everything. You're going to be in a different environment and you're going to need to make those social contacts. But it isn't just a matter of needing to. It's a matter of they're absolutely great because this is where you can make friends for life. Yes. And on that note, you know, that's just something that is so wonderful. I really appreciate all the opportunities that I've got at universities to meet people that have a, they're not like-minded per se, but they have similar interests, similar uh, principles, because you've chosen to go and do the same degree. And that's something that will never go away. My best friends now are people that I went to university with. I know I can pick up the phone, ring them. If there's anything wrong, they will respond straight away and help me out with whatever's going on. And I would do the same for them. And that is the most valuable thing you can take away from university. And you will have to put some effort in to find those people and, you know, become friends. But I wanted to end up on a, a friendly note. Mm -hmm. um, it is that they've been through the same experience. And I was about to say trauma. Yeah. And actually, if you think about it, they have been through the same experience. And sometimes it is a trauma. Yeah. Absolutely. Because usually if you're going off to university, it's because you've spent your time succeeding at things. Yeah. And certainly if you've come through the system of GCSEs, um, a-levels, Scottish hires, you name it, you will have been part of the brighter people that, that were in your school. Success will be the flavour of the month. Mm -hmm. um, and your well-being, keeping a positive well-being, will help that success be the flavour of the month. But universities are there to stretch you. They're there to challenge you. And it might not always be the flavour of the month. Is that something that we should talk about next week? Maybe that's just something we ought to talk about next week because uh, it's been uh, it's been forty minutes. I think we should call this a day. So <laughs> this was the Academic Diamond Podcast episode number six. My name is Tim, and you are Sandra. Good. So uh, join us for the next one, and um, yeah, have a good week. Bye bye. The Academic Diamond Podcast is brought to you by AcademicDiamond.org a social enterprise giving you the confidence to learn. Visit academicdiamond.org for all the latest information on higher education, different open educational resources and open access materials that will help you to become the best student you can be.